Welcome to the Otherworldly Oracle official podcast. We are your hosts, Kitty and Alora. And in this exciting episode, we're talking all about our dreams. This is a really robust topic, but it's also one we wanted to discuss for a long time. So just be aware, this is going to be the first episode in our dream duology, because we're actually going to be doing a second part to this, since it is such a robust topic. So grab your cuppa and settle in. So, Alora, before we get hey. into the dream work, hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you? I am fantastic. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. So, is there anything new happening in your practice as of late? Oh, you know, um, in my personal practice, no, not really. Um, I have things working. Um magical workings that I've been working on that are more long-term. But in my personal practice, no. Um, But in the creative arena, yes, for sure. I actually just launched a beta test for a course, the first ever course that I've come up with. Um, So that's really exciting. And I'm kind of wrapped up in that as far as magical stuff goes. (laughs) Awesome. So it's just in beta mode right now? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's in the test this out, give me feedback, let me polish it, find, let's find all the mistakes together. <laughs> oh, see, that's nice. I need to do that more often with my stuff. I just like kind of put it all out there and then I'm like, ah, screw it. <laughs> well, normally I do, but I've never, I've never done a course before and I've never written anything this of this length. Cause it's over 40 pages at this point. Wow. So yeah. So I need to test it because <laughs> I need to make sure that it all makes sense. And, um, all of that good stuff, all the grammatical errors, spelling errors, all of that gets tweaked. So yeah, it's a good idea. Yeah. So let's talk about dreams. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> so, um, okay. Is dreaming and dream work an important part of your practice? Oh, I, I think I know the answer to this one, but go, go ahead. I think you and I would both say pretty much the same answer. It's a big resounding yes. Yep, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I think we also have probably similar, because I, you know, I don't know, I think we probably have some similar experiences and, you know, part of what drew me to the craft or one of the, one of the parts was the, the dream work, just the dreaming um, as a little kid and the, just the different themes with my dreaming, like flying and meeting otherworldly beings and all, all that kind of thing. Did you do the same thing when you, when you were a kid? Did you experience? Uh, Well, yes and no. So I was uh, always a very vivid dreamer, even when I was little. Mm -hmm. Um, I can remember dreams I had when I was, you know, four years old, um, because I would, well, I would have recurring dreams and they were nightmares (laughs) and it's, and I have 
like phobias tied to those dreams. So I definitely remember them. But now that I'm older and I look back on those dreams, like, and I start analyzing them, I kind of think that maybe some of them were like past life uh, memories almost because I have, it's a long story, but basically I used to have this recurring dream about being eaten by rats. So <laughs> I knew you were going to say that because of our conversation about the island of the large rats or whatever. That oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the quokka. Uh, <laughs> oh, you poor thing. Um, but anyways, aside from that, though, when I was young, um, my dreams frequently included things like credits and subtitles. And I would tell my mom about it and she would just look at me like I was nuts you know and be like ah uh, no that's never happened to me wow so, yeah no that that's unique for sure what if maybe you were like a movie theater like attendant or something like in the 20s or something I have no idea but it was definitely so significant that it's you know it's stuck with me yeah yeah, was and, this before you could read too, or was it, or was this after you could read that you got the no, credit? No, 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 no. Um, so the credits and subtitle dreams came pretty much in my young teen years. Oh. So I would say like preteen, um, early teen years. Um, and then as I got older, I started experiencing other dream things like astral travel and sleep paralysis, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, deja vu dreams where. I knew that I had dreamt it, but my dreams would take a long time to manifest. So it would take, you know, sometimes it would take months and sometimes it would take years, but then I would, when, when it would happen, I'd be like, oh my God, I dreamed this. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, but what about you? I mean, were you like that as a kid or? Yeah. I remember, um, one of the first dreams that I really remember was I was in my, in the dream, I'm in my grandparents, like carport. And some boy from my class was teaching me how to fly. <laughs> I know it's random, but <laughs> so I, I've always had a lot of flying dreams. Just I'm always flying. And I think that's a connection to when I'm traveling uh, the astral realms as well. But um, yeah, so I remember that. And then a, a kind of recurring pattern for me when I was young was seeing wolves in my dreams a lot, but it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a good experience. I was usually really scared. And um, I remember waking up one night and like feeling and seeing them like around me still in my bedroom. And um, now looking back on it, it's, it was definitely like my ancestral guardians, like they're just, I think, trying to get my attention. And I didn't take it that way because I was a child, you know? (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. And being a small child and seeing these giant wolves is probably really scary. Yeah. When growling and drooling and stuff, it's not really like, oh, this is amazing. No, you're a child. It's pretty scary. You know, Um, I think, uh, yeah, I think dreaming is really important to my practice for sure. And sounds like with yours as well, which we already knew. Well, yeah. And plus, I mean, to me, dreams are just another dimension of reality, right? So it's, it's another fringe space or liminal space or whatever word you want to use there. Oh yeah. So yeah, for sure. So have you had any like memorable dreams lately or spiritual or (laughs) something that stands out? 
Lately, no, not really. Um, I so we just moved house and we have a lot going on, and so I've been really exhausted. And when I get overtired, I tend not to dream as much, mm-hmm. um, or at all, because yeah, I'll just the be same so way. dead tired. Yeah. yeah. Um, but probably the most memorable dreams I've ever had are the ones where deities or deceased people come to visit me. Um, and the most it's recent dream I had. Just over the span of time, right? Like you're just your more memorable dream, memorable dreams in general you're talking about, right? Right. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, but the most recent dream I had that was memorable and spiritual was actually when Rhiannon um, decided to come into my dreams to call me. So, but I, I'm not going to go into that here. Uh, right. We'll, <laughs> we'll talk about it a little later. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Um, so I think a more recent one that was pretty memorable, but I'm, I'm, I was astral traveling. Um, I was flying and then I, I kind of went from one plane like of existence to another one, which is where I kind of flew up, um, onto the top of this mountain. And, uh, then there were these giants that kind of reminded me of the BFG. If you've ever seen that movie. Oh yes. I love that the movie. big freaking giant awful. as I call him. um and then i i was talking to them and then there were these smaller kind of like fey like beings there so that's a more i guess a more memorable one from recent not not super recent probably within like the last six months but excuse me um as far as other memorable memorable dreams i mean i've had a lot like you know back in the day i kept a lot of dream journals but the ones that really stand out to me is the dreams in which I'm shape-shifting, which is pretty, pretty fun, (laughs) but it's never, it's never like I'm voluntarily doing it. It just happens, you know, like involuntarily. So there's been one where I shifted into a fairy, a hawk, a frog, a white wolf, and a mermaid, and then some other ones that I don't, I couldn't remember, but. A frog? (laughs) Yeah, a frog. I know. I don't know. I, I think I think it has something to do with, you know, frogs are, they're a liminal creature. They go from, you know, water to earth, water to land. And yeah, how did that, but how did that go being a frog? That's wow. <laughs> um, it was more or less like, I remember for whatever reason, I was in my dad's old backyard and I just, I don't know, I was just hopping around in the yard. I don't, it wasn't anything like significant, <laughs> but it was just the, the, process of like shifting like in your dreams is pretty it's pretty wild because you're like what is happening but at the same time you know what's happening I don't know how to explain it right yeah exactly and I want to go back to something you kind of touched on and um you started talking about keeping a dream journal because you Mm -hmm. used to keep them so do you keep a dream journal now and do you recommend listeners um, of this podcast to keep a dream journal and why or why not I think, so I keep a journal, but I don't really, it's not specifically for dreams. Back in the day, I kept, I had a dream journal upon dream journal. Like I always wrote down all of my dreams. I think if you're just starting to get into dreaming and you're just starting your practice and you want to get into the dreaming like mode that, yeah, you should definitely write down all of your dreams in a, a specific dream journal because 
it's just a great tool. You can look back and find different patterns um, in your dreams. And it also helps to start the lucid dreaming process. You, you and I are, are way too similar <laughs> <laughs> because I don't keep one now either. But when I was a teenager, young adult, I mean, I had volumes mm-hmm. of dream journals, but yeah. now, now I don't, uh, but I really and should. I lost them too. Like, I don't know what I did with all of them. Me I don't have too. Them <laughs> oh, we are very similar. Oh, that's hilarious. But I had this really big green one too. And did you have a green one? No. Okay. I used that would have been like what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I used the um oh, what are they called? Composition, Composition books? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I had some of today. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting freaky. I know, right? Mm. And let and I agree with you. If you're new to dream work, definitely I recommend keeping a dream journal because you'll end up creating your own uh dream symbol dictionary for for yourself because dream symbols mean different things to different people right so mm-hmm. it kind of helps you interpret specific symbols for yourself versus in the larger picture i guess you would say like for other people yeah and we'll we're going to talk more about like interpreting later uh as well yes we are <laughs> So yeah, there's something about keeping, a, like when you start to really write down all of your dreams, there's something about it that triggers like better dream recall. And then the more dreams you recall, it somehow like, yeah, it like triggers you to go lucid easier. I don't know why that is, but like if you read any books about lucid dreaming, there's a book uh, by Robert Moss called Conscious Dreaming, and it's probably one of my favorites, and I read it like years ago, and that's what he talks about. Like, there's, I, nobody knows why, but there, there's some connection between writing down all of your dreams and, you know, being able to recall more, and then the third step is going lucid. Right, because, well, putting pen to paper and, and putting those dreams in physical format where you can read them, see them, write them. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's all, it also depends on the person. But for me personally, when I write something, I remember it more in detail. I, that's the way that I learn. So uh, yeah, that makes total sense that you know, writing down your dreams would trigger your memory recall. Mm-hmm. And you know, some people will say, you know, they don't remember their dreams every night and that's okay. Like that's, that's totally normal. But you know, when you're starting the dream journal, you should keep it bedside and record anything that you remember when you wake up. So even if you don't remember any dreams, um, you know, write down your feelings upon waking or maybe any thoughts or sensations that you're having. And that kind of stimulates it as well. Right. Yeah. And (laughs) Nobody remembers every dream they ever have. No. I don't. No. I mean, it's just impossible. Uh, you dream, you dream a lot of dreams at night, and at best, you probably remember two to three. Oh. Hmm. So. But yeah. Yeah. Typically, you have way more than that. You just don't remember. I I think that 
when I was really into lucid dreaming, when I was in my late teens, um, and I was, you know, I was keeping the dream journal volumes as we call them. It was like, my dream recall got so good that I was remembering like four or five a night, like every night. And at some Ooh. point it was just exhausting. And I was like, I can't keep, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it just got to be too much. And maybe that's the reason why we don't remember usually, yeah. Yeah. um, more yeah. than two or three because it is exhausting and then you're not getting sleep and then you get messed up right. <laughs> as far as sleep hygiene goes. So, yeah. Um, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I agree. I think, you know, everything in moderation, right? It's a good rule. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So f for lucid dreaming, like aside, do you, I mean, do you have any other tips aside from writing dreams down to improve recall to then elicit lucid dreaming? Um, I do. Do you? <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah. Go for I it. have the boring answer, but <laughs> Oh. Yours is probably more interesting. So, um, you go. so like, <laughs> no, you don't, you don't have boring answers. You're <laughs> awesome. Um, so, you know, in addition to obviously writing down your dreams, keeping a dream journal, once it's hard to explain, but there's going to be a moment in your dream or dreams where you'll think to yourself, am I dreaming? And that's usually like the first indication, right? And if you, and at that point, you're already lucid, really, if you're thinking that. But it, to prove it to yourself, there's little things that you can do. Like there's one trick where you can look down at your hands in your dream. And if you don't recognize them, if they're moving around or they just look big or, you know, too small or whatever, then that will be like your indication that you're dreaming. Or another one that I've used in the past was I, um, I remember I was in this like house. It was like a 1950s style house. And I said to myself, like, am I dreaming? And then I'm like, let me go look at a clock in the kitchen. And you, you know, you look at the clock and usually whether it's digital or, or with hands, it will bounce around or, you know, it won't stay still. And then you'll know that you're dreaming. Huh. That's really cool. I've heard of the hand one, but I've yeah. heard about like, um, putting your finger through your hand. Whoa. Ooh. <laughs> I'm like, ooh. But sounds cool, but also creepy. So I guess my tips, I, I actually Googled them because although I've done them on my own, I didn't really know that they had names. Yeah. Um, so lucid dreaming happens when we're in REM stage sleep, right? And REM stage is when your brain is most active. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of te different techniques, but the two that I've used are the WBTB, which is the wake back to bed. And oh, yeah. I forgot about that. And, and wild, which is wake initiated lucid dreaming. Yeah. Okay. So wake back to bed is basically where you sleep for five hours, wake up and then go back mm -hmm. to sleep. Yeah. Um, and this is effective because you're more likely to go into REM sleep while still conscious. Right. Um, and then wild or wake initiated lucid dreaming means you enter REM sleep from a waking state and maintain consciousness. This, I, like I said, I started experiencing this in my teenage years. Uh, and I still experience this now, but basically it's 
like when you're laying in bed and you're consciously awake, but you're sleeping and you start yes. hearing things or. Yeah. I know exactly you're what you're talking about. I just never knew yeah. how to explain it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I Googled because I'm like, I know this has to have a name. Like, yeah. <laughs> something. But um, they, scientifically, they call these uh, hypnagogic hallucinations. Yes. Yep. But I don't, I don't think that they're hallucinations. I think that's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually think that's when you start crossing into that fringe space, that liminal yeah. space. Mm-hmm. And I like, and I've had too many weird experiences with this particular thing. Oh, you just reminded believe- me one, but go ahead, finish. <laughs> <laughs> to believe that it's hallucinations. Okay. What did you remember? Go. <laughs> right. So in that stage, I think it was like a weekend morning and it was like, yeah, like I was awake, but not, you know, anyway, I felt something kept like tapping my hip, like in bed. And I thought like it was my son. Right. So it was just like a teeny mm-hmm. little finger, you know, just like tap, tap, like not aggressive, just like someone trying to wake me up. And I would turn over, I didn't see anything. And it happened like three times. Third time I turn over and there's like this elf little like brownie looking thing, like staring at me from the side of my bed. <laughs> that oh. was pretty wild. That was like, a, I think that was last year sometime. And it like, it freaked me out and it just like ran away and disappeared. And so, yeah, that's, that's that, what you're talking about. The wait, what is it? Wake? wild is that the word it's yeah it's the acronym is wild but it's wake initiated lucid dreaming okay okay interesting so it's yeah it is pretty wild (laughs) (laughs) like what i did there (laughs) Uh, uh, yeah (laughs) so have you had anything like that happen that's that's super memorable like the wild side (laughs) um yes and actually it wasn't very long ago I mean it wasn't it's nothing that wild but uh typically like I'll hear more than I'll see Hmm. so that's how I know that I'm entering that space yeah and like and it will be loud like in my ears. And actually most recently it was, I was in that state. I had laid down to go to sleep and, and I got to that state and somebody was yelling my name and it felt like somebody was right next to my head. Yeah. 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 It's So do you ever get, um, like a loud bang or a loud clap too? Oh Yeah. Cause I get those and they scare the crap out of me when it happens. Like, and it's actually called, I looked that up once. It's called exploding head syndrome. (laughs) (laughs) Swear to God. I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, it sounds really violent, but it's actually not like harmful. I'm like, well, that's good. You know, good to know. (laughs) Yeah. But like, I remember like the first time I heard it, I thought someone was breaking into my house and like, Mike was just laying there, like nothing ever happened, you know, but and I realized that it was, it was me, you know, it was in that, the wait, the wild, it's the wild side people <laughs> never know. What yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Repeat that. You never know what's going to happen on the wild side. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Cause sometimes the noises, whether it's the calling of my name or mm-hmm. the bang or the clap or 
the I've even heard snaps and whistles and oh yeah and sometimes it's been so loud or so repetitive that I will shoot out of bed because I think that somebody's awake or you know somebody in my house is doing it and and I mean all all the time nobody is doing it so I'm like okay well I'm just gonna come back to sleep now (laughs) I just want to put this yeah really I want to put this like thought out there and see what you think so do you think because I think I read somewhere that the clapping noise or the like the bang is actually um either you're I think you're re-entering your body like like through astral travel you're coming back into your body I, I believe I read that and I thought that was interesting for me I wouldn't say that's true only because only because I it's very rare that that has happened as I'm waking. Okay. That typically happens when I'm going to sleep. And if I'm astral traveling nine times out of 10, I'm also in sleep paralysis, which is a whole another topic we're going to get oh, into. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. That's a heavy one. Um, so. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so lucid dreaming. So let's say that you're a lucid dreamer. How do you improve on that so that you can talk to like whoever you want or go see whoever you want or do whatever you want? I mean, I don't know if I have real advice for that. I think if you're just following the stuff that we've already said, for me at least, it just kind of happened progressively, like naturally. Right. I don't know. The, the more dreams I recalled, the more I wrote down, the more I became lucid. Um, you know, and then, then the lucid, the, the lucidity, excuse me, in the dream would last longer and I would be able to, you know, fly to different places and talk to whoever and do whatever, I guess. Do you have right. any, what do you, how do you feel about that? Well, I think the only real tip I guess I can give on this is if you're wanting to lucidly <laughs> visit someone or have someone come to you and and do it in a lucid dream i have found over the years that repeating i mean and this is this doesn't even have to be in a lucid state if you don't want it to be if you just want to have a dream about a deity a guide a certain type of being uh, saying a mantra in your head as you're going to sleep and a, and a little bit before so that when you fall asleep, this mantra is playing in your head over and over and over. Um, I found that that actually works. So okay. try that. <laughs> well, what's the mantra? Oh, well, basically you just say, I want to meet so-and-so in my oh, dreams okay. tonight. I want I to meet so. I thought you're about to bust out with some like amazing like soliloquy or something. No, girl. <laughs> <laughs> we we do short, sweet, and simple. All right. I was gonna say, give me all the incantations. <laughs> well, and you can, and if you're getting, you know, if you're really in your power, you you can use, I will meet. So instead of it, yeah. it's a want. It's a will. It's and I'm going to declare oh, yeah, it. No, you don't ever want to say want. Yeah, I've learned not to to do that. <laughs> I don't know. Both work for me in dream oh, space really? anyway. Okay. Not, 
Not okay. Not in. We're not talking about magic and spells and all that. We're talking yeah. about just this. <laughs> oh my bad. Okay, right. <laughs> but if you use a more declarative statement, it's more it's more cemented, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas want, it's hit or miss, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So, which leads us sort of into you know, it, do this is an interesting concept too. Do you think? that we could make magic in our dreams? Um, I don't know. I mean, so I would say technically anything is possible. I have never made magic in my dreams. That's something that I've never dove into. Um, It's nothing I've ever explored, but I've used magic to improve my dreaming skills. And that's how I first got started in dream walking Mm. which we will get into as well (laughs) Um, and now everybody's like "Ooh, what's dream walking what are they talking about (laughs) no we're like hold up hold up you gotta wait for you know the second is in the duology um (laughs) so someone asked that that question that can you make magic in your dreams and i went back and i couldn't find who so if you ask that question i'm sorry i don't remember who it was, but anyway, um, <laughs> for me, I have never like specifically made magic in my dreams. I think that if I did, I would have to be lucid for sure. Um, you know, but if you want to try that, I would say like what Alora said, set your intention before going to sleep at night and then, you know, maybe load up on your dreamy time herbs and teas and that kind of thing and then see what you can do. Right. For sure. And I want to go back to lucid dreaming for a second. Okay, let's go back. So do you think that lucid dreaming is the same as astral traveling or do they overlap? Or how do you know when you're lucid versus when you're astral projecting? Well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's for to me, you. <laughs> for me, yeah, I know. I'm thinking for me, I do... So the two overlap, astral travel and lucid dreaming overlap a lot for me. So I, for me, I feel like it's the same thing. I mean, it, I guess maybe it depends on the person, but um, yeah, I don't know. I found that like when I'm conscious in my dreams, just the whole experience is different and I'm, it feels like I'm already on the astral plane and that kind of triggers me to be lucid or the other way around. I know I'm not, I'm like talking in circles here, but I don't know. That's the only way I can put it really. Right. Well, for me, lucid dreaming is different to astral travel or astral projection because in lucid dreams, I am, I know that I'm dreaming and I have control in my dreams. Whereas when I'm at, and, and I'm still me. Right. So I'm still looking through the perspective of my own eyes and I'm still my individual self, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Whereas when I'm astral projecting my vantage point, like my perspective is outside of my body and I can see my body laying in bed and then I can see just a, a lot farther and a lot wider than in a lucid dream. 
But I also experience, like I said before, sleep paralysis and physical sensations where I can literally feel myself leaving my body, but being tethered to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a, it is a really weird experience to try to explain uh, because once you reach astral projection and you come out of your body, you can look back down and see yourself sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, for me, that's how I know the difference between lucid dreaming and traveling. Okay. Does that make sense? I don't know. I don't know if that really, makes Yeah, it does. And I think that's probably what most people would, would say. Like, but yeah, I don't know. For me, even though I know that I've traveled on the astral plane, it's, it's a certain experience for me. And again, I'm usually lucid in it. I've never, and I also have sleep paralysis, which again, we'll get into that later. And now everyone's like, oh, sleep paralysis. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've never actually been able to look down and see myself or like laying in bed. Uh, I know oh, that, it's, that is a common thing, but no, that's never happened for me. So maybe that's why it's harder for me to define it, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah, for sure. All right. Great. <laughs> Let's talk about some deity guides, spirits, and dreams questions. So Kenna asks, how do guides and deities reach out in dreams? What are some signs or common themes? So what would you rhyme. say? <laughs> I like that. Dreams and themes. Um, yeah, well, I want to hear what you have to say first. Okay. Um, I think this is a great question and I get this question a lot, a lot, a lot. What I usually tell people is if a deity or a guide or a spirit is visiting your dreams to call upon you, you will know the dream will feel very different than what you would class as a regular dream. Yeah. It will feel extremely significant. It will likely be vivid. You will likely remember the important parts long after you wake up. You will probably feel disoriented and emotionally affected. And the information you receive, it may not be blatantly obvious as to what the spirit is telling you or who the spirit may be, but you, you will remember the dream symbols. And they will, I, w- I don't want to say bother, but they will, you will get uh, almost obsessed with figuring out what does this mean? <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've had, I don't, hmm. I don't know that I've been like overly emotional, but usually it's more, I mean, I don't know what you, when you say emotional, do you mean like excited or what no, kind of emotions? When I say emotionally affected, I mean like you'll wake up or you will wake up and, and really feel like almost dis, I don't want to say disoriented, but almost like emotionally disoriented. Like you don't know how to feel about that experience. Okay. Yeah. Like you're in awe kind of Yeah. Thing. It's kind of like, I don't even know what just happened to me, but 
something about that dream was like wild, like something I need to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, what, so what are some, well, what would you say other than, you know, the feelings that you get, are there certain signs or common themes that you've, that have come up for you? Signs or themes. A lot of times, well, for me, a lot of times when deities come or guides come, um, animals are involved. Mm-hmm. I don't I know if, say that. Yep. Yeah. I don't know if that's everybody, but it is for me. It, that, well, I think, I believe that they often speak through animals. Yeah. Right. And I agree with that a yeah. thousand percent. Because most, I mean, most, if not all deities have animal representations that are important. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) for sure. So a lot of times I would say animals, um, I'm I'm trying to think, and I'm really coming up blank aside from that because each spirit, guide, deity is different. Yeah. So it, it just depends on who it is, what yeah. kind of they bring. But yeah. like I said, mo- most of them will bring some sort of animal to the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was working with Thoth a lot uh, in 2012, 2011, 2012, and it was a lot of snakes. It was just snakes in my dreams, just, yeah, pretty memorable snake dreams too. And I've never been scared of snakes I've had a lot of snake dreams, but yeah, he always, it was like, I knew he was speaking to me if I was having a snake dream at that point. And I paid attention to that, you know? Right. So while we're on that topic, (laughs) do deities and guides come through to you in your dreams a lot? Or do you have a particularly memorable dream where a deity came to you? Yeah. So... (sighs) I've had a lot, but <laughs> I'll tell, I'll tell one of the, um, Thoth dreams. Cause, and, and just to preface it, it might be, it's not disturbing necessarily, but it has a deep spiritual meaning. But if you're like weirded out about snakes, you know, I don't know, just mute this or something for a minute, but um, <laughs> or, just gotta, or just fast forward <laughs> or fast forward. Right. Um, so in this dream, like, I think I'm, it's me and Thoth is with me. Like I felt his presence there, but um, yeah, I think I'd had dreams. I was already working with him. So he was in the dream with me. His presence was there. And then I was looking around and there were uh, people like laying down sleeping and (laughs) uh, snakes were like coming out of their mouths. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so I know, and it sounds terrifying. It sounds disgusting. And especially if you have like a snake phobia, but the point to this is that, uh, well, it had to do with the Ouroboros symbol, um, you know, of eternity. And also there are a lot of like old, old beliefs in ancient cultures that when your soul leaves the body, like through astral travel at night, it's usually in the form of a specific animal. And often it's in the form of a snake, like in, in the, especially in the Egyptian culture. So mm. it was like I was seeing other people. He was showing me other people that, 
you know, are, are leaving their bodies and getting ready to travel in the astral realm, which is pretty cool. That would have freaked me out. <laughs> Just straight up telling you, like, I don't you were like, have, <gasps> well, I don't have, how do I put this? I don't love snakes and I don't hate snakes. Snakes are cool, but they can stay over there. I got you. <laughs> That's how I feel about snakes. I like so them. if I, <laughs> If I would have had that dream, I would have woken up just uh, terrified. I would have been like, oh, uh-uh. I know. It sounds, and I remember thinking that, wow, that was a pretty bizarre dream, but the spiritual meaning to it was like pretty wild at the time. So wild, there's that acronym again. <laughs> and profound, it sounds like. Yeah, for sure. What about you? Yeah. Anything like that? Any snakes coming out of mouths? <laughs> so <laughs> mine visit sometimes. Uh, usually when my waking life is upside down or I'm distressed, mm -hmm. um, but they can also, and I know this from experience, they can also visit your friends and family to give comfort or warning. Um, this actually happened to my cousin with Odin, mm -hmm. um, while I, yeah. So, but I won't go into all that, but as far as me goes, uh, so when I feel like a deity is calling to me, I demand three signs because, you know, you can, you can brush off signs and, and say, oh, that's a coincidence or, oh, that's weird, but not really give it prominence. So when I get three like significant signs, that's how I know there's a calling happening. Yeah. So that's smart. <laughs> so Rhiannon calling me to her is <clears throat> the most recent, extremely memorable deity dream that I've had in the dream. I was riding this horse that was barreling across a field and it was a white horse, right? So it continued to be like going full speed, but in actuality it wasn't moving. So it yeah. was, it was really strange. It was like, uh, it was, I, I don't even know how to explain it, but, um, then this is when it got really weird because the color of the horse went from white to silver. And then a few seconds later, the horse turned blood red. Whoa. So, yeah. So I went to get off the horse. And when I looked up, there was a woman on the horse. Like I had just gotten off this horse and all of a sudden there was a woman there. So I don't know. I mean, now I think that she was behind me the whole time and I just didn't know it, but she, yeah. Mm -hmm. But the, so this woman is sitting up on this horse and she's got long strawberry blonde hair freckles. And then she like rides off and I wake up. That's awesome. Tell me about, yeah. do you remember what was the landscape in that dream? All forests and like open field. I've had a similar one, not the color changing horse with the woman or anything, but I had a similar one that you're reminding me of that I was on a white horse, like in a, it looked like, I don't know, like Ireland or something like kind of right. green hills kind of thing. Oh yeah. Yep. That's interesting. Yep, yep. But that check, sounds check. like a beautiful dream that you had. That's lovely. But the dream was like so jarring to me that yeah. I actually, actually started Googling red horses and I, which I know is non-existent because my parents well, raised horses or raised horses. Yeah. So chestnut actually, is kind of close maybe. 
<laughs> yeah, but I'm talking about blood red. Like I know, blood. I know what you're saying. So, but I was talking to a witch friend of mine about the dream, and she was the one that said, "Dude, this sounds like Rhiannon because in some circles she's known as the Red Mother because yeah. of the blood, because of the blood that was placed on her uh, when her nursemaids put puppy's right. blood all over her to frame her." For her son's murder and when she told yeah. me that i was like what <laughs> wow yeah no when you i think you initially told me about that dream a while back and it actually reminded me of baba yaga you ever read that story mm, yes so you know how she has like the three horsemen that come to her but anyway no that's pretty awesome though but also well also and then i did you know of course i researched Rhiannon as well and silver and white and ruby blood red are all you know colors of hers she is usually depicted with strawberry blonde hair Mm -hmm. and freckles um and then and and another thing that was significant was the horse's speed being weird because basically part of her lore is that she rides on this horse so fast that no one can catch her right but the really isn't going that fast yeah love it so that was definitely significant i love it that's so cool man this is such a cool topic i know that's why we should talk about it again in another episode (laughs) (laughs) yeah because we just can't cover it all in one no it's it's and honestly we could probably have like a whole series on it we're not going to but we could because it is just such a big topic to cover but okay what do you think should we wrap it up all right so that about wraps it up for this episode in our dream duology be sure to check out dream articles on the otherworldlyoracle.com just type dreams into the search bar and boom there you go We welcome you to join our high vibing Facebook group and visit my Alora's website at alorarain.com. And we also want to thank all of our oracles for joining us, whether you're new or returning. Subscribe to or favorite our podcast to be notified of future episodes. Feel free to share and review us too. And remember, whether you're in the land of the Fae or the land of the ancestors, stay otherworldly.